the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KNOW presents... New Focus on Wealth with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you have a money question for the show, just shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com. Well, uh, you know, it continues to be a wild ride in the stock market. You get an inflation print that I think you read through it. Like I've been saying, we're pretty much peaked out on inflation prints and you're going to start to see declines going forward because you're going to start seeing year over year comparables. And then you look at this situation of a high inflation print and you see, okay, the market turned around and rallied and the bond market didn't react the way that you necessarily would think. The bond market's starting to react as if the Fed is going to continue on this increased path until they are going to cause a recession or something breaks. In fact, uh, come back to this in a minute, but Gunlock was saying this about two days ago. So the one-year Treasury is at 3.89%, the two-year Treasury at 4.28%, and the 10-year Treasury at 3.91%. You can get out there, um, you know, five-year CDs and fixed annuities and things like that at 4.15% or more fixed for five years. Online cash accounts now paying 3% FDIC-insured liquid online cash accounts. So people are getting some uh, a rate of return on their money. Yeah, I mean, with inflation, it's still kind of net of inflation, right? That's still worse than where we were a couple of years ago, but the inflation numbers will start coming down especially as the supply chain corrects itself. Essentially, what the feds are doing is crushing things like the mortgage industry, the real estate industry, right? You have mortgages at a 20-year high at 7%. Now, when I think back to almost 30 years ago when I bought my first house and my rate was, I think, 8.1%, and I'm like, oh, that was a good rate. (laughs) That's what I thought back then. Because we were kind of on this glide path down and rates kind of continued to come down ever since then on everything as you had Federal Reserve and, and government stimulus involved. So if you're sitting on cash, large amounts of cash in just a bank account earning nothing or in a money market account in a brokerage firm earning nothing, you, you've got to do something about that. First of all, I'd be averaging into both stocks and bonds right now because if you think about corrections, and many of you have been listening for years and years and heard me talk you through the tech correction, the credit crisis, and everything else, the time to buy is always when things feel the worst. 
And when you start buying, you know, 20% to the downside, even though things can go down further, it feels really rough to do it. And then all of a sudden you'll look back two or three years from that point and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I bought. So it's, I mean, you, you got to look at these situations and number one, realize how rough this feels for a retiree. Cause for a, an investor, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that's just in stocks, it's a normal correction. But what's not normal is the decline of nearly 15% in the US aggregate bond index. If you look at something like AGG or even a total bond market index like Vanguard's BND, it, it is a rough go. Portfolios, balanced portfolios are now looking worse than they did in 2008 because in 2008, stocks were down more, but bonds held their ground and went up by the end of the year. So looking at a couple of people out there, I think one of my, uh, I think one of the smartest bond traders out there who I think is the bond king is Scott Minard of uh, Guggenheim. Talk about him in a minute, but uh, even Jeffrey Gunlack, who's kind of the the new bond king, um, you know, out there, I guess you could say. Um, he said last week that, or last uh, week of September that he was even starting to buy treasuries. He said, while the U.S. 10 years have climbed to about 230 basis points in 2022, that exceeded any annual increase on record going back to 1962. So this has been the sharpest increase in interest rates. Thus, the bond market is inverse relationship. Rates go up. Existing bonds that have been issued at lower rates don't look as attractive, so they go down in value on paper. Now, if you hold them till maturity, you're going to get your money back unless there's a credit issue with the company. But that's that's the way people act. They look at their bond funds and their 401ks. They're going to look at the statements in the next you know weeks as, as they come out. And they're like, oh, I, I lost money in my bond funds. I better sell. And they do absolutely opposite of what they're supposed to do. But it's, it's, it's been a tough go. Now, common question I get almost daily from listeners and clients is, is about I-bonds. Um, the yields on the saving bonds, um, which are, to buy them, you have to go to treasurydirect.gov, um, open an account. If you have a living trust, you want to make sure you open the account under the name of your living trust because I am telling you, after being in this business for I'm on my 29th year, the biggest, most annoying thing to deal with in terms of a state settlement is paper savings bonds. It's one of the most difficult, longest, annoying process that you can take. So if you have any paper savings bonds at all, get them in an electronic treasurydirect.gov account underneath your trust if you have a living trust. Anyways, you're likely to see those rates actually come down for bonds issued in November. Um, the new yields for I-bonds purchased after the end of October is now estimated to be down at 6.47%, down from a record of 962 So the rate when you buy those is linked to the change of inflation over the six-month period uh, from March to September, um, which was elevated, but it slowed from the previous half-year stretch. So that's what I was talking about. The, the, the comparables are going to get better. So you got to remember there was a lot of years where I-bonds were essentially at zero. The base rate is zero right now. And then you have an inflation rate. The inflation rate's very, very high. Um, and when you own them, you have to own them for five years. It's a bit of a penalty if you cash them out early. I-bonds grow tax-deferred, and when you cash them in, the income is not taxable at the state level. That's why they've been very popular lately. But several years back, 
the government made it so you could only buy about 10 grand. Now there's ways to get more than that. Like you open multiple accounts and multiple names, but it's not worth the hassle of dealing with probate issues if you don't buy them the right way, in my opinion. So um, I had a client the other day that we had, I, I said, okay, here's, here's some good options for your safe money because as you guys hear me talk about all the time, and, and this is a perfect example of why I do this, why this math just made sense to me while I was in college studying to be a certified financial planner. I, I was... Before I switched into the business, I was majoring in engineering and math. And I looked at the smart stock market, realized that, hey, there's been a couple times where the market is down three years in a row, lots of years where it's down two years in a row. But after those declines, the rallies are huge. And so I knew as long as you don't sell shares during the decline, you earn dividends, those dividends get reinvested. So you have more shares on the big upswings and you end up with a heck of a lot of wealth. And the only way that you screw that up is when you sell after the declines and you turn paper losses into real losses. So for retirees going you know, five years or less into retirement, you do your cash flow planning and you realize how much over and above, how you have your expenses, including taxes and insurance and everything else in retirement, minus your automatic income like Social Security pension, some dependable real estate income, dividends and interest on your taxable account, how much are you going to draw on your portfolio? You need three years worth of that safe. And so sometimes that's a pretty big number for people in retirement that have a large budget. In this case, I said, you know what? You can get over 4% on a 52-week T-bill right now and get I-bonds. So take half of your safe money, open up a treasurydirect.gov account, fund it, and buy 10 grand I-bonds and 190 of 52-week T-bills. And you know, it took them a few hours and they got it done. It's not too difficult. And a good spot to put your safe money right now. You haven't heard me say that since 2006. So since then, it's been just FDIC insured liquid bank accounts. But right now, I think the Fed is going to get the 75 basis point increase. And they're going to have to sit and wait and see what they've done. They're going to have to sit over in the corner. And we're all going to have to say, look what you did. Look what you did here as everything slows down. So also, as I'll talk about... Um, uh, going forward. Well, I'll talk a little bit more after the break about Scott Miner to Guggenheim and then even bond laddering. And what is that? How does it work? Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. You need some financial planning help, retirement planning help, just go to chadburton.com. You can find out about the team and all we do. A lot of it obviously is investing, creation of portfolios, um, planning, taxes, retirement planning, estate planning, all of it. Um, and fixed income has been, you know, stocks are easy over time. Honestly, I mean, these, these types of corrections come and go. I, I counsel retirees that even especially in the good years, like the 2006s, the 1998s, that, hey, you're going to see 20 to 40% stock declines several times throughout your, your retirement. It's part of the game. The stock market averages 10 to 11% over 20-year periods, which is amazing returns, but it's only positive typically 70 to 74% of the time. The rest of the time, it's negative with declines. And you just have to make sure you don't sell during those periods. 
it's been the bonds that's been the toughest part. I mean, since really since I started doing radio in 1999, interest rates have been on the decline to the point where it started to make zero sense and they had too much federal stimulus going in and, and the Fed not only lowering overnight lending rates between banks, which is what they're doing now, but eventually buying individual bonds during the credit crisis and then again during COVID. And so essentially government run stimulus through the Fed of lowering rates and then buying bonds and then the government going through these PPP loans and sending out a bunch of money that a lot of businesses didn't end up needing to survive. He created a lot of inflation. Not a lot of inflation, you know that that demand that 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 money that flew into the system is is somewhat temporary. The velocity of money starts to go away, and then you've got the supply chain that caused the inflation. That's starting to turn around very slowly, but it is, and it's temporary. But they're on this rampage to do this now. Meanwhile, if you're a mortgage person, a mortgage processor, a real estate agent, you're like, oh man, great, this is this is just great. Now, I will say they do need to, at some point, they needed to get back to normal so that if you do have a major crisis, you have some arrows in your quiver to you know, lower rates and re-stimulate the economy. Scott Maynard of Guggenheim, who I think is the bond king out there, one of the smartest guys on Wall Street, he said on the 12th of October that the Fed's going to push this until something breaks and that they're going to have to stop after November. So I think that inflation print that we had um, on the 13th, where the market actually rallied, the bonds didn't act like they did. And, and gold, gold's not acting like there's massive long-term inflation here. Gold, with this decline, should be up, right? And it hasn't been acting that way. And part of it is because it's a strong dollar. When you have, when you have inflation in a weak dollar, that's when gold's supposed to rally. So that's not how we've had it. It's been a very strong dollar. He's basically saying, start waiting in. And he's talking specifically about bonds, but just in you know in general, it always feels horrible to start buying when the news is bad and is likely to get a little worse before it gets better. But he's talking about a generational opportunity to buy cheap, below investment grade bonds that mature in the next two to three years. So there's a whole portion of the bond market that is not working very well, and it's the high yield bond market. That's aka junk bonds. It's like basically if you're a company with credit below B, it's it's hard to go to the market and get anything. It's hard to get any financing right now. But there are bonds out there already trading at a discount. And one of the areas that we moved into in 09 is, is high-yield bonds because they were down so far. You could get stuff 30 cents on the dollar. And, and there was big rallies. Now, I remember buying them. There was still, I think, another 10% downside when we started buying. But then eventually, about 24 months later, they were up 30 40% after the Great Recession, if I remember correct. So I have to go back and look. But but those are some of the opportunities that happen in, in big corrections like that. And he says, basically, Scott Miner said, if you, looking in that area, and if you have these discounted bonds that, that they buy, and in this case, you'd want to you know, make sure you're leaving it up to an unconstrained bond fund manager that's really good at doing this kind of stuff. I'm not trying to say do this on your own by any means. Um, but if, if uh, there's, there's, you know, Wrong, you have discounted bonds that get paid off over two to three years. Or if not, you have the keys to the profitable company, for example. So anyways, he's on an interview with uh, CNBC that, I, that was a couple of days ago. It's pretty interesting if you want to look it up. Scott Miner of Guggenheim. 
But he did. He talked about another, you know, 5% downside before a, a eventual large upside. So anyways, going back to bonds in general, um, this is such an interesting time because if you look, like I said, if one and two year treasury rates, it's the highest since 2006. And eventually the yield curve is going to have to uninvert at some point, right? So either longer term rates are going to go up or shorter term rates are going to have to come down. And when rates come down, bonds go up in value. And, but, you know, what if, what if you're wrong? How do you lock into, you know, how do you invest in bonds? But if rates continue to go up because we have, you know, inflation is higher than expected and continues to be an issue, then, then what can you do for some protection? And well, with rates being where they are, we're back to since the first time in, that I've wanted to do this for clients since 2006 is, is ladder bond portfolios, where instead of buying very liquid institutional bond funds, um, if somebody has over a half a million dollars, we can build a municipal or tax-free bond ladder or a corporate bond ladder. What's that mean? Well, first of all, let's talk about normal bond funds that people buy in like their 401k. When you buy an individual bond, you're, you're lending money to a company or a government entity, for example. You get paid a coupon interest payments. And then at the end of the time, the, the, the maturity, you get your money back. Now, sometimes you pay a premium for the bond. So you might pay uh, you know, you, you might get, you're going to get the face value of the bond back. But what happens in a bond fund in a rough situation, either a very rapidly raising rate, rate environment or a credit situation, is when you own individual bonds, when you own a bond and you bought it, you know, a year ago, now rates have gone up. So that means people can buy new bonds at a higher rate so that the value of your bond on paper falls because if you can buy new bonds at 4.5%, your bond's only paying 3 well, why would anybody want to buy yours? They would buy it at a discount only. So you're going to see a market price on your statement and it doesn't look very attractive, but it doesn't matter because if you hold that bond to maturity, you're going to get that money back and you can reinvest. But what happens in some funds is that if the manager doesn't have in that mutual fund enough cash on hand to meet redemptions... All of a sudden, they eat through their cash when, when investors start to run for the doors because they see losses on their statement. And then all of a sudden, they're forced to sell bonds at a loss and lock in those losses. So now that rates have jumped drastically, the biggest one-year rate increase since 1962, you can create a laddered bond portfolio where you're it's not you typically, it's a manager. Instead of buying bond funds, you create a portfolio of individual bonds that one to 12 year type of a time frame, where you have bonds that are maturing every year. So not only do you have interest payments, but you have principal coming due that you can spend in retirement. And it really helps your cash flow. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. 
You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Talking about the difference between owning mutual funds that that buy bonds like most people have in their 401k uh, versus actually buying the individual bonds and laddering a portfolio, which is attractive for people that are going into retirement. The first time, in my opinion, in, in a long time because of where rates have gone and you know, I, I truly think that the Fed's going to go a little bit too far here. I think they're trying to cause a recession, and I think that the market is starting to act like that. And they could have to reverse course sometime in late 2023 or early 2024. So I think it's a good time to wait in. There's people I keep meeting that you know either went to cash during COVID and missed out on the huge run-up because the market's still greatly positive. Um, in fact, sometimes putting it in perspective on your portfolio, even though this is one of the roughest years for a balanced portfolio since 2008 because of the decline in stocks and bonds together, if you look at where you were two years ago versus today, it's not much you know, of a loss because the previous year was so good. And that's kind of the way the market works. You know, Sometimes it's a three steps forward, two steps back type of a process. So in a bond fund, if you own it, and interest rates are are steady or or you know coming down, you get pretty decent returns because your NAV, your net asset value, your bond fund goes up. But as soon as the interest rates start to go up, you'll see the net asset value of the bonds go down, and people start to get concerned. And if it was wasn't a situation where people started to sell when they saw losses, the manager would be fine. They would be able to take new money as it comes in and buy higher yielding bonds. As older bonds matured, they'd get the money back and be able to reinvest that money. But what happens is people start to sell. And if the manager hasn't had enough cash in the portfolio, they start to have to sell bonds at a loss when they would have chose to hold them to maturity. So for those investors going into retirement now, and I haven't been saying this for a long time, if you have over half a million that's supposed to go to bonds, it's a good time to ladder bond portfolio where you pay for professional uh, they build a portfolio of bonds that mature almost yearly, essentially bonds that have a maturity date of anywhere between one year and 10 to 12 years. And that way you have the individual bonds. So even though if your statement goes down in value, if interest rates continue to go up, it's okay because you're going to hold those bonds to maturity and you're going to get your money back when they mature. In the meantime, you have interest payments that you can use to live off of them or invest in stocks. And as those bonds come due, you say, okay, I'm re- retired. Do I need to replenish the cash that I've spent? If so, you take that, those maturing bonds, you dump it into your bank account. If not, you go about and buy a longer term bond and you just keep doing it. So it's, you still need though in retirement, even though bond rates are much higher now, you know, you, you still have to have stocks, real estate, commodities and things like that to hedge against inflation in the long run. You still have to get that higher rate of return because when you retire, you're you're going to spend more money each and every year. Now it it's not an automatic increase. It's not like a situation where people spend, you know, 
two or 3% more every year on normal expenses and 6% more every year on healthcare expenses. Usually we have to adjust income on like every three years or so. Well, the systematic withdrawal isn't quite keeping up with expenses. So let's bump it. Now, should you bump it? Well, that's, that's a question. If you were, if you went into this correction properly and you've listened over the years and you had three years worth of portfolio draws, not expenses, but portfolio draws and cash, and you know you have cash and enough dividends and interest to live through the correction until we recover. And if you look back all the way to 2007 timeframe, October 2007, the market declined March of 2009. And the news, I mean, the, the market rallied and rallied and rallied since March of 2009. But the, the news was so bad in March of 2009. It was awful. It felt terrible. But it turned out to be the best buying opportunity. But you've, you've got to continue to invest and, and beat inflation over time. And you still need stocks, real estate, things like commodities in the portfolio to help hedge against inflation so that you have the ability to spend more money in the future. So if you're a person, though, that went into this correction and fully invested in both stocks and bonds, so nothing is positive besides energy stocks, it's a tough call, right? I mean, you, you probably should try to, you don't need to cut expenses just because the market's down 20%. That's, that's silly. You might just need to hold off on increasing your withdrawals for inflation for the next few years until the portfolio recovers. But, and, and how long does that take? Well, if you look at the Great Recession, if you had a balanced portfolio of about a 60-40 mix, the market bottomed from, it went down from October of 2007 to March of 2009 and a balanced portfolio recovered late 2010, and a full 100% stock portfolio recovered late 2012, essentially. It was, you know, diversified. So sometimes that's the, you know, peak down to the trough, down to the, back to the recovery period. So uh, a couple of other things. Um, Going back to I-bonds, I don't know if I mentioned this enough, because again, this is, I get emails and questions on this daily. Um, you are likely going to get a higher rate on your I-bond if you get them purchased by the end of October. I think the rates right now is 9.62% um, for six months until the end. Of, so it's what the end of March. If you buy from, from next April, they're, pro- they're going to get the new lower rate though. And that is probably going to be around 6.47%. So people that buy I-bonds after November 1st is likely going to get somewhere around that rate. So if you're going to do that, you might want to do that uh, you know, sooner than later. And again, go to treasurydirect.gov. If you have a living trust, you make sure you learn how to open up a living trust account. What's interesting when you Google things like treasurydirect.gov, how to open a living trust account, all, all the links are not working because the site was totally revamped. And so it, while the site looks prettier, it is not the most intuitive, I will say. Um, so Listen to the podcast at the beginning of the show. We talk about places to store safe money. Let's talk a little bit more about inflation here, though, because now the big news is that Social Security announced an 8.7% cost of living adjustment. So those on Social Security will see their payments rise by 8.7%. And a lot of times when that's happened in the past, like in um, 1979, it was up 
1981 during those other periods of high inflation. A lot of times those were offset by a big bump in Medicare Part B premiums. Um, now there's the, the inflation reduction act is the, the name is a complete joke, a complete joke. The only kind of inflation reduction act that's helping in it is, uh, some, uh, you know, stopping some increases in Medicare part B, but you know, while I'm happy for those that are on this, this is a, a problem here. The, the system is broken and it's not like, Social Security is going to run out of money and stop making payments. I want to make sure people are aware of the fact that it's projected in 2034-ish and now probably sooner that um, Social Security will be paying out more than it's taking in. So one of the first things you have to tell your kids when they start getting a job is who FICA is. Like, why did FICA take some of my money? When you look at a paycheck, Social Security tax should just say social security tax, but it says FICA. You pay half, your employer pays half. If you're self-employed, you pay both halves. And that goes into the system right out of the paycheck. And there's certain income limits where people stop paying FICA on income above, you know, close to the 200,000 range or so. And in 2034, it's projected that the income to social security is less than the outflow. And so by law, they have to basically adjust it. They have to cut payments and that's not a popular situation. So that's why they're going to have to do a combination sooner than later. The longer they wait, the more unsolvable the math problem is here. I'm telling you, the longer they wait, the more unsolvable the math problem is here because of compound number issues. They have to increase retirement age. They have to slightly decrease benefits remove for certain ages, cost of living increases. This is a system that was meant to keep people out of poverty in retirement when people only used to live till about 65. And now people are living into their, you know, to their hundred years old drawing on the system. So the, the system's broken. The problem is, is that we have this stupid cancel culture. We have small groups making stinks about certain things that, you know, don't really offend most people. And so politicians can't handle, aren't, aren't able to go in and, and campaign on financial issues anymore. Like socially, I don't care where people, I would care more about financially, where is this country going at this point? Because, well, I've got four kids, you know, I, you know, hey guys, wait till you're about 35 to think about having kids. Let's see how let's see how this thing goes, <laughs> because the the system. I mean, there's nothing out there else but telling me that taxes are going up. So ways to fix Social Security are going to have to be a combination. People are going to have to pay FICA taxes on more of their income. The Social Security age of retirement is going to have to push beyond 70 before you can take it. Uh, you know, things like no more cost of living increases for after a certain age. Um, it, it's got to be a combination of that to solve the math problem. And some politician has to be smart enough and, and you know, have the you know what's to, to get after this because it's a big problem. And there's, it, it comes with education. Our kids are not taught anything about how to adult, how to get a mortgage, how to save. Uh, how to invest in the stock market. Kids aren't taught that in school. So we have a bunch of essentially idiots that come out of, you know, with a, a really good degree 
they don't know any of this stuff. And so they don't save and then they depend on social security and retirement. That's not what it's meant for. So it has to be changed. So congrats if you're getting this bump, but just realize it just made the problem worse. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. So set aside the evening of Thursday, November 17th and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. This event in Palo Alto will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or in retirement, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, November 17th, 6.30 p.m. at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. Only $25. And for podcast listeners, we'll waive the fee. Just use promo code EVENT25. That's chadburton.com, promo code EVENT25. Well, mortgages, 20-year high. I was checking, just looking at basic rates um, yesterday on October 13th, and it was you know, 30-year fixed mortgage around 7.04%. So those that were able to lock in last year and a couple of options, couple of times where you could do it, you know, sub three percent, congrats! Those houses are going to be kept for likely a long, long time. You're going to be people either hunkering down and not moving into another house because of this, or you know, keeping them forever for like a rental property if you want to ever upgrade. And it's kind of changing. It's going to change the way that people buy real estate. It's it's not like you've seen a big decline yet. You've just seen a lot of slowdown in in sales and things like that um, across the country. I mean, obviously, there's pockets where you've had big corrections. Uh, but you know, for those that are you know into shopping for deals on real estate, you, you're like, okay, these kind of things are those create the buying opportunities where you get a better price. But then the problem is your payments are much higher. And so I think you're going to likely start to see the ideas of uh, interest-only loans and ARM loans come back because a lot of people think that, you know, let's say you get a good deal in real estate now, in a year or two, you might be able to refinance into a more traditional loan um, when rates come back down, when the feds have to reverse course to stimulate the economy because of, you know, recessions that we face. So it's kind of like everybody's been going for the 30 and the 15 year fix because rates were so low, so low. And it'll also change the way that, you know, if retirees are selling a home to buy another one, it's going to be more, you know, they're downsizing, for example, you're going to have a lot more people just buying for cash versus doing any loan at all, especially with how high the standard deduction is, things like that. When this, when the market changes like this, I'll talk about a little bit more. I'm going to do a show with Rob the next hour for those of you that want to stay tuned. But some of the things that you look at doing right now when the stock market is down, especially if you have a taxable account. In other words, if you invest outside of a retirement account, you own stocks, you know, mutual funds, ETFs, do some tax loss harvesting. If you have stuff that you've bought, you can sell it and buy something similar. You can't you know, sell one S&P 500 ETF like IVV and just buy SPY. That doesn't necessarily fly in terms of harvesting losses, but you can say sell an S&P 500 fund and, and buy a more diversified Russell large cap ETF. And if you have that loss, that loss gets locked in to offset any other capital gains from selling other stocks like the company you work for, real estate, eventually selling your business, 
If you don't have any capital gains to use those losses against, you can use 3000 against your ordinary income and carry the rest forward indefinitely until you need them. So you don't want to go crazy and harvest way too many losses that you may not need in the next five years or so, because then all you're doing is just lowering your cost basis. But it's part of very, very smart tax planning when it comes to investing. And for those of you that are investing and saving for retirement, use this opportunity to open a normal account. So if all of your money is flowing into a 401k that's pre-tax, and every single dollar of your retirement savings is in a pre-tax 401k that when you retire, all you're going to have is essentially your social security and money coming out of a 401k that's never been taxed. There doesn't, you, you know, you can still save enough and have successful retirement, but there's really not a lot of tax planning opportunities there. When you have tax diversification, you have pre-tax money in an IRA or 401k. You have Roth money in a 401k or a Roth IRA. And then you have after-tax money, stocks, ETFs, funds that you own in a normal brokerage account. You can buy and sell whenever you want. There are so many tax planning opportunities because you can play with the tax brackets. There's a capital gains bracket with your married filing jointly. You can have like 20 plus grand plus another 80 of capital gains and dividends and still pay close to 0% before you hit the, the, uh, the 15% bracket. And then you can also alternate your income between capital gains one year from your taxable accounts and then ordinary income another year, or you blend them together. And you can create six-figure income and stay below a fifteen to a 12 to 15% effective rate if you do things the right way. So having that tax diversification, there's a good article on this um, where T. Will Price talks about it, opening a taxable general investing account. So outside of your 401k, outside of your Roth IRA, there's just, there's so many easy ways to do this now. Because number one, you can buy ETFs for free at Schwab, Fidelity, or TD Ameritrade. It used to be, you know, back in 1999 when we started doing the show, uh, with companies like Bidwell and other ones that came out with trades that were 19.99 to buy a stock or an ETF. And that essentially went to year zero over the years. So investing is much, much cheaper than when I got into the business almost 30 years ago. Almost 30, back then, if people wanted to buy an individual stock, then you pretty much paid 2 to 3% commission on the way in and 2 to 3% commission on the way out. So between some of the robo-advisor options and trading ETFs for free, now is an easy time to do it. So make sure you set that up. If you have any money questions for the show, I love to get your questions. It gives me content that you want to hear about. Just shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com. That's chad at chadburton.com. You can find out about the podcast. You can find out about what we do for retirees and creating investment portfolios, tax planning, estate planning, college planning, all the various things that we do. We have over 80 different certified financial planners, offices all over the country, especially in the Bay Area. And uh, we do it all. There's a lot of downloadables. And also, you're going to see an announcement pretty quickly that Rob and I, Rob Black and I, are going to be doing an event in November. I believe it's November 17th. We're going to be back in Palo Alto for our first live event since pretty much COVID hit. It's going to be all about retirement distribution planning 
and tax planning and retirement, which accounts to draw from first. How do you set up your portfolio for the distribution phase? The accumulation phase is easy. It's the distribution phase that takes a lot of work so that you can shelter yourself from events like we're having in 2022. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. Again, you can find me, the podcast, all the good links at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.